0: This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment.
1: What's up, what's up? Real MVPs, Ricky Widmer here, along with Sean Anderson.
0: Dub Emmys. And, Wait, no, uh, wrong podcast. What yeah, podcast is this? Well, what year is it?
1: This is a primetime
0: podcast. Oh, uh...
1: The one that you you've been on this side of the table for the last yeah, four or and, so weeks. and that's the thing is I think last <laughs> week
0: I told them you don't have to deal with me and unfortunately I'm back you're back um, I don't know what to say because like I used to I obviously mm-hmm. dubbed them ease when I fill in for Mark uh, Brandon's no longer on this podcast so I don't have to say yeah. what he said hey, hey hey oh that's what he said. Um, <laughs>
1: We need a catchphrase for Sean. I think I'll just ramble. I mean, I that's think that is my catchphrase. It's
0: just me rambling
1: mor- moronically. What Dave's is? How's it going? Is that what Dave usually says when he when he says something? Is Dave Oster, How's it going? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And yeah. then I'm what's up? What's up? Of yeah. course. Um, but welcome into the primetime podcast right here on Most Valuable Podcasts. Like we just said for the past month or so, with an intermittent episode, uh, you had Sean and Dave holding the ship as. Uh, I took a vacay to my basement, basically, um, and was basically like, I guess I'm not doing a podcast for a month. You got a
0: day off. You got four days off. Was, that's that's what you're allowed. It was nice. a four-day allowance.
1: It was nice, but it felt like something was missing. You know, like you do something for so long, and then you take it away, and you're mm-hmm. like, I feel like I should be doing something right now. But I'm not doing anything, and I'm just kind of bumming watching TV.
0: I mean, the one thing, too, though, you didn't fight us on it. You didn't. No, you, were, I didn't. you weren't really like, you know, I need to come back. So, no, I, I, didn't, mean, I didn't. It seemed like you enjoyed it a if little you're,
1: bit. If you're going to give me a month off, I'll take the month off. All I'm right. not going to fight you. Plus, I was here, what, every other day? Um, but welcome into the Primetime Podcast. College sports, college basketball, college football, but really at this point, like, we're, what, 10 days away, 11, 9 days away from the NBA draft? Uh, um, is it the 20th or the 21st 20th eight, eight today's the 12th not the 11th so mm-hmm. eight days away from the nba draft so really what's going to happen today this is, is just, just going to be
0: it's just a supplement to the uh, fast break Podcast. basically yeah it's yeah. just this is fast break podcast too
1: because i mean we've got our mock draft coming out this saturday um we'll be live on twitch twitch.tv backslash most podcast this saturday do did we lock down a time yet when we're going to do that, or do we got to talk uh, to Dave?
0: I have to be at work, so I could probably do it at night. Okay. i going to do that at like, 7.
1: Works for me. So we'll plan for 7 o'clock, follow at Most Valuable pot for any updates if we change the time um, with Sean coming from work. But we've got the mock draft for the fast break, so I thought for this one we'd talk a little bit about the NBA and then, of course, Quentin Grimes. So we're going to do it right in order of like I sent you guys because this was a weird one. Um, we're going to talk about the Anthony Davis trade. Will he be traded um, by draft night, then we're going to take a look at Jarrett Culver because there's kind of some rumors that the Lakers are really impressed with him mm-hmm. um, after his workout with the L.A. Lakers. And then we're going to end things with Quinton Grimes. Should he pick the Houston Cougars? Should he pick the Texas A M and Aggies? Because he is transferring from the University of Kansas. Before we get into everything, though, make sure to check us out on Patreon.com. Backslash most valuable podcast. That's where you help support us, help us get out of. We love, we love Pete, who's been on the uh, yes. WWE podcast. Um, but we want to do more things. We want a bigger room. That's how you help support us and help us get to that goal. Patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. But let's start, Sean. And you said before the podcast, you're getting sick of shit. You're getting sick of things, especially when it comes to like the AD trade where mm-hmm. it's. You're on the side of, like, just trade him. I don't care where he goes. Just trade him so I can talk about
0: it. It's pretty similar to what I was feeling with the Kawhi Leonard stuff. Mm -hmm. It was similar even to what I was feeling with the LeBron James free agency Mm -hmm. sweepstakes. It was what I was feeling with the Kevin Durant sweepstakes as well before he signed with Golden State originally. I'm just kind of over rumors. Mm -hmm. I used to love trades. I used to love free agency. I used to love the whole, you know, what's going to happen and all that. But now it's just kind of gotten old and Mm -hmm. stale because we have this what six four four month long build up from Mm -hmm. when ad announced that he wants to trade out of new orleans and around that february january mark and it's just been four months of nothing like we haven't gotten close there hasn't Mm -hmm. been a deal that you know was you know in the final hours or anything like that it's just been you know kind of sitting around and just rumors flying about like I want something to be happening, and mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like anything's happening. And now more rumors are coming out today about Los Angeles and Boston are getting you know more heavily involved in trades. It's just like we've known he's been you know available since February or since January. Mm-hmm. Why hasn't a deal been done closer? You've been sitting. I mean, Boston's been out of the playoffs for months now. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a month now. Lakers have been out of it for two months now. They've, they've already fired their head coach. They dealt with all the Magic Johnson stuff. Like, why wasn't this already being worked towards? Why aren't rumors even being done closer? Mm-hmm. Now we're getting just these all these things like, oh, Lakers don't want to deal with Kyle Kuzma or don't want to give up Kyle Kuzma in a deal. Like, why is this now just being figured out mm-hmm. nine well, days or eight days before the NBA draft?
1: I feel like it's a combination of things. Where one, when it comes to Boston, they can't make a deal until after no, but, July but you 1st. could
0: still get a deal in place, mm-hmm. and you can have a better roadmap map of where you're going to go. Because if mm-hmm. you can agree on a deal, if mean, you're if you're working on a deal on you know June 12th and you get it you know agreed it, upon on June uh, you know June 19th, why couldn't you have done that in May?
1: I think it's all on Del Dumps and that's me personally. Where it's like but he was fired well no, long before this. I know that, but it's like when. With me, it was first off Del Demps, but there was also um, a lengthy SI article or cover story today that apparently Rich Paul told SI that basically Del Demps made him go public. Um, and the exact quote I have here is, according to Paul, on his hand was forced with Pelicans GM Del Damps, Um it was necess- necessary to go public when I told you, here's our intentions, and you said, hey, let me talk to ownership. And instead you you talking to ownership, you call Anthony Davis. That's a that's called being ignored. And trying to get between a player and his agent, that's a no-no, Paul says. Every GM knows that. And like when Griffin was coming in, there's gonna be a grace period of like, hey, let me get my bearings here and not make a move too quick. Mm-hmm. The question is now, for me, I feel like it's I don't know if we're going to see a deal on draft night, because obviously if Boston is in the sweepstakes, they can't until after July 1st. But I'll ask you this, if you're the Boston Celtics, we'll start with them before we look at the yeah. Lakers and other choices, do you even want to, like, part of me goes, do you even want to trade for AD? Because apparently Rich Paul has also said, according to Bleacher Report, the Celtics can trade for him, well, that but the it'll same be a one-year yeah. rental. Um, in the event that he decides to walk away and give away assets, don't blame Rich Paul. I
0: don't want to give Bleacher Report any credit. All they do mm-hmm. is just take people's True. actual reporting and then just so po- the post SI it on article. the website. Yeah, it's it's straight from that SI article. So if you want to actually hear what Rich Paul says, mm-hmm. go support SI. So
1: um, do but, you think that – because basically that is basically you te- him telling the Celtics it's going to be a Kawhi Leonard situation or what we think could be a Kawhi Leonard situation.
0: I – I think it's just more, again, an agent trying to get his player in where he wants to be. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that Anthony Davis has 0% chance of signing with Boston. He still has to, if he is traded to Boston, play a year in that city and for that team. Mm-hmm. And that could you know change up Anthony Davis' mind. And, and you know again, at the end of the day, Rich Paul works for Anthony Davis. Yeah. So we don't know what will happen a year from now if that deal is done. Mm-hmm. Right now... He's just trying to make sure that he does what his job is to do is get the best for what his player wants and his player wants to be in L.A. He's trying to do that. He's trying Mm -hmm. to just make sure all those doors are closed. So he's trying to get him either in a Laker uniform or in a Clipper uniform and most preferably for Rich Paul and Anthony Davis, most likely in a Laker uniform so they could be with the other big uh, Rich Paul client in LeBron James. So I, I don't think it's anything that, you know, there's zero chance the Celtics will have Anthony Davis. Uh, you know, a year from now, Um, Mm. because I think that's, you know, way too in, in, way too in front of us to even realize. First, he has to be on that team. First, they have to re-sign Kyrie Irving then, too, as well. Um, Then they have to build a team around them. They have to win games. And if they win games, I think it'd be hard for him to leave. So Mm -hmm. right now, I'm not going to say there's zero chance that Anthony Davis, if he's traded to Boston, that he doesn't re-sign. Because again, Rich Paul could say all that stuff, but he has his client's best interest in his mind, Mm -hmm. uh, in in his mind. He's he's just trying to do everything that uh, Anthony Davis wants him to do.
1: I just, with me, I wonder when it comes to the Pelicans, which first off, I was very heavily when we talked about it before, I believe it was you were on the side of like, hey, I think he's going to go to the Lakers. I was very much of like, hey, he's going to get traded to the Knicks. The Knicks are going to bring him in to be with Kyrie and KD. Mm -hmm. Obviously, now the Kyrie stuff is changing where now it looks like he could sign with Brooklyn. Obviously, what happened to KD in Game 5? Yeah. People are looking at that like, oh, well, he can now sign with the Warriors and kind of like the sky is falling in New York. I'm kind of shifting my opinion to where I'm like, Ugh, if I'm the Knicks, I'm not giving. After that KD injury, I'm like, oh, do I really want to give up every? Because the Knicks would have to almost give up everything they well, have. Well, and
0: there's rumors coming out that the Pelicans aren't even interested in what mm-hmm. the Knicks have. So yeah. that might even be a moot point there. Mm-hmm. And now you're, if, if that's the truth, that the Pelicans don't want to deal with the Knicks, well, then that takes off AD mm-hmm. off the table. You already have KD off the table, and you're not just going to bring in uh, Kyrie. So unless they you know shift their focus to try to bring in a Jimmy Butler, if he doesn't sign with Philadelphia, mm-hmm. um, if they try to go after Kawhi Leonard, um, that's definitely going to be something that's going to be on the table. But again, I was always a proponent of KD is not going to go to the Knicks. I think this injury kind of seals that fate because I think he'd be kind of missing out on an opportunity just to take that player option for the Warriors, mm-hmm. make sure that he gets that money, that $32 million, and then just hit free agency after that. Um, I think that's most likely going to be his plan. So we're probably going to see Katie return to the Warriors. So mm-hmm. in a very pseudo fucked up, pseudo <laughs> fucked up way, I am right that Katie's returning yeah. to the Warriors. I wish that wasn't the case. I wish he actually resigned and was healthy. I mean, um, there are that people, would be the best case. but There
1: are people out there that have been like he should decline the player op no. and that the Warriors should give him a max contract. I've heard that, and I was okay. Like, but
0: here's a, here's the thing: is like if they do that, the Warriors aren't going to be stupid. Mm-hmm. You're getting Kevin Durant for the long term. Yeah, this is again about what Kevin Durant wants. And Kevin it would Durant wanted be to be
1: choosing Katie over Draymond because Draymond would then have to walk next year. You yeah, wouldn't who wouldn't do that? No, I'm not saying it yeah, no, wouldn't. I'm just that's, saying that's what it would be. Yeah,
0: but but I, I think that's that's again, you would take Kevin Durant even mm-hmm. if he's coming off an Achilles injury, which is one of the worst injuries to to yeah. have as a basketball player. I would still take Kevin Durant, at, you know, over Draymond Green. That's mm-hmm. not even a question. Um, but again, going back to the question of Anthony Davis, I, I think it kind of clears the way for the two big teams in Boston mm-hmm. and Los Angeles, and I think Rich Paul realizes that with the KD injury, and I don't know if Kyrie and Boston have the best relationship, but that can be repaired, I think, fairly easily. Again, if you're winning and if you're bringing a superstar like Anthony Davis alongside of him and a plus side to Boston is, you know, they already have a little bit of a relationship, although it might not be great. Uh, they they can at least keep Kyrie, you know, close to the chest and they 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 will have the ability to, you know, negotiate with him. And I don't think Kyrie's gonna, you know, tune them out completely. Mm-hmm. And I think that's gonna really be predicated on, you know, if they're able to sign um Anthony Davis. And I think the biggest sign too that that deal is still possible for Boston is the fact that Kyrie did leave his longtime agent but then signed with Rock Sports. He didn't go mm-hmm. out and sign with Rich Paul. If he signed yeah. with Rich Paul, Laker train baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, but That kind of leaves the door open still for Boston. So I think we're kind of down looking at two teams in the Lakers and Boston. But with that being said, Mm -hmm. I still always think there's dark horses. Yeah. Because with Paul George, it was the Lakers, Lakers, Lakers. Mm -hmm. He goes to the Thunder. Um, I think
1: in this case, it's the Clippers and the Nets. Like, the Nets are my true dark horse for AD. But
0: I don't think they have enough to offer him. And that's mm-hmm. the same with the Clippers. The Clippers, there's reports that they don't want to give up Shake Gilgis. And if they're not giving up Shake Gilgis, there's not a deal to be well,
1: had. And that's so, the, that's the third thing of this. Because um, there's also, this was reported well before the weekend, or even, I want to say, start of the weekend, is basically the Pelicans are more interested in a three-team deal, Um, where what they want is... So they want to basically, for example, I'll use the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Use a third team, because, hey, if I'm not sold on what the Lakers are giving me, like, let's say I don't want Lonzo Ball. I don't have to take Lonzo. The third yeah. team can take Lonzo, and it also depends on what the Pelicans are getting. Apparently... They're looking at it in, they want an all, like if they get an all-star player, they they don't need a ton of picks. Mm -hmm. If they don't get that and get a ton of young players, they're going to want picks. So for me, I was even trying to think of who could even be that third team. And the only ones I can think of are the Cavs, because they want to move, they want to get some first, they want to get more first-round capital For themselves, and also they want to try to move Kevin Love, I don't know if that happens, Mm -hmm. in this deal. But also, like, the Phoenix Suns could be involved, a Memphis Grizzlies could be involved. Like, there could be other teams involved in this deal. It's just finding that third menage a trois dance partner for it.
0: And again, this is where we're just left with rumors. Mm -hmm. We don't really have anything unless you know, somebody actually goes out there and starts putting their neck on the table. Mm. And again, we're just left for rumors to start building and brewing until we get a clear vision on this. We can all speculate, you know, whatever we think Suns make logical sense because, you know, let's say they, the Pelicans aren't interested in Lonzo. Um, they need a point guard. The Suns do, they have picks, they have young players that could be, you know, interesting to the Pelicans and they can get a point guard that could play next to, you know, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, which is, you know, their two big uh, key pieces mm-hmm. in, in their future. Uh, you bring up Cleveland, Uh, you know yes they have a former all-star Kevin Love but I don't know how much he interests these teams because of his injury history Mm -hmm. and just because of his contract as well it's not like you're getting you know him on like an eight-year deal but Mm -hmm. you have to deal with these injuries you have to deal with his big contract and these injuries which will then you know limit moves later down on the road Mm -hmm. but if he's going to New Orleans then I don't know how that really affects it because they don't really have a lot of uh, cap tied up outside of uh, Drew Holiday yeah so with that, I think you just have to look at, like, the straight-up dark horses, and I don't think the Nets are a dark horse, To if we're, if we're bring frank. You're um, talking,
1: like, from what I've seen, there has been chatter from Hawks Nation that, ooh, we got the draft well, capital, well, the Hawks I, could make them.
0: move. I, I don't think the Nets are a dark horse. I want to at least clear why mm-hmm. I don't think they are. I don't think the Nets are a dark horse because you have to tender D'Lo d- before you even are able to move them. and if True. you're going to get a deal done, you have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um So I I think that's just going to put the Nets at a disadvantage because right now the Celtics and Lakers are talking with the Pelicans and Mm -hmm. the Nets can't really start doing that officially until they sign d'angelo yeah. russell and there's D'Lo's no guarantee gonna
1: take meetings with other teams yeah there's
0: no there's no guarantee as well because he is a restricted free agent mm-hmm. you know what his contract can actually be yeah if they throw out all the money in the world and max him out mm-hmm. then he'll probably most likely accept that but then that's going to be difficult to more difficult to trade him because d'angelo russell while he was fantastic last year that was one year it doesn't mean he d- automatically deserves a max contract mm-hmm. now if they end up paying him the max contract I wouldn't hate it because he is still young, was just off of phenomenal performance, um, but that's because he's staying in Brooklyn. If mm-hmm. he goes to a different place, I don't know how you'd perform, uh, or if he'd perform to that level, yeah. worthy of a max. So that kind of takes Brooklyn off the table for me because you have to wait until July 1st for anything to really be clear for them. Mm-hmm. And again, with the Clippers, I, I, I think a deal's predicated on Shea Gildas. I don't think they want to give up Shea Gildas, and really, if you're taking out a Shea, you know Shea Gildas from that, you're just left with Jerome Robinson... Montrezl Harrell, Lou Williams, and then that 2021 Miami Heat pick. And And that's not enough for Anthony Davis. The thing
1: that I think of, too, is why would you want to give up Shea when you're probably most likely going to lose Pat Bev in free agency this year?
0: Yeah, I mean, and why would you want to just give up Shea in general? I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously, if you're getting Shea for Anthony Davis, that makes sense. But you're not just giving up only Shea. Mm -hmm. And we saw what Shea could do last year and his size, his passing ability, his defense. I think it's fantastic, and we saw what this team was able to do without a superstar. they were the eighth seed. If they're able to at least you know replenish that team and you know get once Danilo Gallinari's contract's up and they still have the ability to sign Kawhi Leonard, mm-hmm. this team could still be really interesting without adding Anthony Davis and depleting their roster. So I don't think it makes sense for the Clippers. The two teams that I thought of, um, and these are really iffy teams mm-hmm. on if he will re-sign there, and that's why they're true dark horses, and that's why you bring in the Toronto yeah. stuff. The Denver Nuggets... And the Indiana Pacers. Um mm-hmm. Denver can offer either Gary Harris and Jamal Harris, uh, Gary Harris and Jamal Murray, um, two guys that have all star potential. More Murray for all star potential. They also have Malik Beasley, Torrey Craig, um, some of these younger bench roles that we kind of see mm-hmm. come up as well. And they have a big contract in Paul Millsap. If they're able to attach that to an Anthony Davis deal. You know, they don't have to worry about playing Millsap and Jokic um, and Davis together. They can just really worry about Davis and Jokic, which Mm -hmm. would be a fantastic pairing. And you'd be lacking and losing one of your guards in either Harris or Murray. Um, And you could also attach Michael Porter Jr. as well, who's a very interesting young piece. The biggest question for him is injuries. Mm -hmm. Um, But even if you're losing those guards, you already have, you know, Nicole Jokic, who's already averaging like eight assists a game. You have Anthony Davis. That's enough firepower there. And then with the Pacers... They can offer picks and I, I think you could look at that eighteenth pick, mm-hmm. you could look at that twenty twenty one pick, that twenty twenty three pick, um, as, as possible, you know, unprotected first. And if they did want to move Miles Turner to get Anthony Davis, now this is just Complete speculation, because I'm I'm literally yeah. stretching to get this. I'm not mm-hmm. saying this is going to happen. I'm not saying this is a fair trade at all. You're I'm stretching to, to find a outside dark horse. the
1: box that is exactly. not the Lakers and is not the Celtics.
0: Exactly. Or even the Nets and the Clippers, yeah. because these teams have been talked about. Or the mm-hmm. Knicks. Uh, the Hawks even, too. We've talked about them already. If they're you know giving everything, the 8, the 10, the 17, and some young players, then I think they could definitely be a player for, for Anthony Davis. It's mm-hmm. just, do they want to do that with the timeline that they're on? Um, and really, if they're not able to win right away in the first year, then what? what's the reason Anthony Davis is staying? Um, so that's the reason why Atlanta's super iffy. But with the Pacers, if they're giving up Turner, if they're giving up Aaron Holiday, if they're giving up T.J. Leaf in those three first-round picks, and he's able to play next to Victor Oladipo, who's hopefully going to come back healthy, they get Anthony Davis, they're able to re-sign Bojan Bogdanovich for a one-year deal, and they're able to put together a somewhat big three or at least a big two of Victor Oladipo and Anthony Davis, and then supplant that with uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, who's a fantastic starter and role player, uh, with a guy like Sabonis, who's a great gritty rebounder and, and could really provide you know grit offensively and defensively. Um, they have some interesting players that they'll have to re-sign as well. Thad Young, uh, part of that team as well. Um, they could always move him to to address the guard issues that they have. They'll be getting rid of Aaron Holiday. Uh, Collinson's going to be a free agent. Corey Joseph's going to be a free agent. So they mm-hmm. might have to you know, be creative in finding a guard there. But I think the Pacers could definitely be interesting because if the Celtics aren't able to get Anthony Davis, that most likely means they're not keeping Kyrie Irving. So Boston's not out of the eastern conference race but that's Mm -hmm. definitely going to hurt their chances if Kawhi leaves toronto that's extremely going to hurt their chances of winning the east that really leaves the 76ers and the other team that was up there was the indiana pacers and that was without victor oladipo so if you're having victor oladipo anthony davis and you know boyan and sabonis that's a really good starting four and then Mm -hmm. you have to you know obviously add a guard at some point um But I think that could be a team that could be very interesting in that Eastern Conference, and that could be a reason why Indiana makes that move, because, hey, if you could show them that you could win, I know Indiana's not this big market, Mm -hmm. but if you could show them that you could win, you might be able to re-sign him if he does like it there. I don't know if it's a, a smart plan. I don't think they should do it, um, just because it's going to be a real huge gamble for them.
1: Well, but Boston, if they feel if they, gotta if they feel like they could, Vic and him coming back from the injury, too.
0: yeah. But if they feel like that could open a window for them and mm-hmm. close windows as well for other teams, mm-hmm. um, like Boston specifically, they might entertain it. But I'm, again, I'm just trying to stretch to find any trade mm-hmm. partners out there because you know it's really just looking like a Boston. At Boston and in Los Angeles race.
1: Yeah, and I mean, for me, the teams that I look at, and I'm not even going to come up with trades because I don't even know where to start with them, I would love to say, like, my heart of hearts, that, oh, the Bulls could be the no. dark horse, but no. He's not signing um, with them. Well, no, 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 I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying, like, even for a one-year rental, but we'd have to give up way too much to get them. And why them, would you do, you, why would
0: you, what's the point of the exactly. Bulls being a one-year rental?
1: Uh, Well, I mean, if the price, like, If we could swindle, then, yeah, he'd be great with this court, but we'd have to give up way too much to get him. So, like, that's why I say I'd love, like, with that storyline to be able to say, yeah, we're dark horses. The only one that I kind of sit on that's not Boston, not L.A., or not New York is Houston because Houston is a team that has already said, hey, we're going to be active trying to trade our guys. I came out on our NBA draft predictions and said that, uh, Clint Capella is getting moved on draft night, whether that's right or wrong. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see. If they were able to, let's say, move Capella, I would even move... Like I'd be fine moving P.J. Tucker if I'm getting Anthony Davis. The only thing with that is, if I'm the Pelicans, I need those draft picks, and I don't necessarily want Houston's draft picks because they're later on.
0: Why wouldn't you want the... If, I mean, if we go back mm-hmm. to pre-Jimmy Butler and Philadelphia days, Mm -hmm. they were willing to offer you four first-rounders all unprotected. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking at that team and their makeup, there's no guarantee that Anthony Davis signs there. True. There's no guarantee that Chris Paul stays healthy, Mm -hmm. and he's handicapping that team with that contract.
1: And they're trying to trade him anyways.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, if Houston does that, they're taking a gamble. Mm -hmm. And you're taking a gamble, too, but... There's a possibility that Houston is just horrible, mm-hmm. and you're not also just getting four straight years back to back to back to back. You're getting them spaced out. Yeah. So if they give you the 2020, they give you the well, they can't do the 2020 because they traded their first uh, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they give you the 2021, the 2023, the 2025, and 2027, we don't know what that team's going to be like in eight years. You can get the number one overall pick. Just look you're at right. what. The, just look what the Celtics did. I'd think about so, it. I, I, it's definitely not going to be as bad I mean, as a K, KG I mean, Ray Capel Allen Capel stuff. Clint
1: Capella is not or like Clint Capel is not terrible. It's just the only reason why he got run off the floor in the playoffs is because he couldn't be an outside presence. Like with him being more of that inside center, it was like, well, we need guys who can defend the outside, who can play mm-hmm. outside. So up, oh, we got a yeah, sick.
0: I mean, he's still a top ten center. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that you know, Houston is an interesting one. I, I just think that. You, if you look at the Kawhi stuff, Toronto was a dark horse. If Mm -hmm. you look at the Paul George stuff, Oklahoma City was a complete dark horse, and I wasn't really thinking that they were going to make a move for him Mm -hmm. for the Victor Oladipo Sabonis thing, and then they were even a dark horse even just to resign him. Yeah, LeBron wasn't that wasn't a dark horse. We kind of all knew he had interest in L. A. But it feels like there's always some dark horse that comes out and gets gets these players. So Mm -hmm. I I think we actually have to look a little bit deeper to try to find some of it because we weren't talking about Toronto at all for that class stuff. So I I think we have to try to see how players can be or how teams can become desperate and and figure things out. Your
1: Denver one would basically be like the Raptors of the West, then. Like, hey, we're going to take a stab on AD if he goes at the end of the year. If we get a finals, it's worth
0: it. It's more tricky, though, because the Raptors knew that this was probably their last year Mm -hmm. no matter what. And if they re-sign Kawhi, things change. Or the Nuggets
1: are still young.
0: Yeah, the Nuggets are still young, yeah. exactly. It's still a, a very young core where mm. Jamal Murray is still under 25. Jokic is, I think, closing in on 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary Harris is around that age, too. And and you're you this is your first year that you just made the playoffs, where the Raptors have been on the door of the Eastern Conference Finals year after year after year. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's the biggest question for me. But if we're talking of mostly how it can affect the draft and, mm-hmm. and transitioning to that with the Lakers. If they make that deal and the fourth pick's involved in it, Mm -hmm. how do you think that changes the Pelicans' draft strategy exactly? I'm taking
1: Cam Reddish. That's what I'm doing.
0: Okay, because obviously they're going Zion number 1.
1: Yeah. Well, and because my whole thing was if they were going to make a trade with the Knicks, they're getting the third pick, they're going to go with RJ Do you want to start with them? Just yeah, so we can sure.
0: go 3-4 and then how it changes. Yeah. So if they if if they make a deal with Knicks for some reason, they get the third overall mm-hmm. pick, they get RJ. We obviously know how yeah. Zion and RJ works, mm-hmm. and Dave and I already talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it could be definitely interesting. I don't know if it'd be a great pairing, uh, just because we saw how it worked, and they weren't like perfect together, but they mm-hmm. have great chemistry, which is, which is huge. Yeah. And if, you know, RJ is able to grow into a little bit more of a playmaker, and he's able to be more dangerous from the outside and pairing that with Zion's inside game, then mm-hmm. shit. I mean, you got a pairing for the yeah. future without a doubt. So, I mean, that would probably be my favorite pairing just because you get the two best friends or two buds uh, back together. And that would be fun to see how many times do you get to see those, you know, that type of uh, reunion where you have two great players from the same college play together on the same NBA team. Um, that probably rarely, if ever, happened. Um, but yeah, that'd be that'd be something I would definitely love to see. But if they go four, why are you taking Cam Reddish if they make a deal with the Lakers?
1: Because I'm already looking at their lineup, per se. And I mean, what we could do is... So you've got Drew Holiday. Zion's going to be in the starting lineup. Um, I think that with Cam Reddish, the thing I really like about him is, I mean, with his production aside, he's got the tools and he's a really good, to me, really good defensive player to where it's almost like a more, I don't even want to say more raw version of DeAndre Hunter. It's just, he's a younger version of DeAndre Hunter with a higher ceiling, um, if that makes any sense. So like, for me, that's where I would take the stab and take him over Culver because with the only guard i would think about Mm -hmm. in this draft is either darius garland or um kobe white but like darius garland would be a guy now if we're talking the laker pick maybe you go there to pair garland and drew holiday up move holiday back to the two like he was when he played with rondo Huh?
0: what you were talking about the Lakers.
1: What I, s- I moved into the Laker pick. So like, oh yeah, three, yeah, I'd go yeah for sure. You're talking about Laker pick. I'd go with Drew. With Point two. So if you're at Garland. three,
0: you'd go Cam over RJ. At
1: three, I would go RJ. Four, I would go Cam. I said so Where where's the four. Garland stuff come from? Um, at four. So if the Lakers made the trade and I get the fourth instead of the. Third, no, I'm fucking you're, that. up. Yeah, you're completely confusing. You're up. saying
0: you take two players at four.
1: Yeah, I'm confusing it. Four. <laughs> I'm Cam taking Cam Reddish, Reddish and Garland. Cam at four. Reddish at four, and then basically RJ at three. I was m- mixing okay. it up and thinking there was a team in between them. Yeah, no, it's. It, <laughs> i looking at me like Ricky. What's they, going on here? If they man? get
0: the third pick, we're in agreement that they're going mm-hmm. RJ Barrett. Yeah. If they're Go with the fourth pick and they make a deal with the Lakers, you're saying they should go Cam Reddish over Darius Garland.
1: That's what I'm leaning towards, okay. yeah.
0: Um, I disagree. I, I would go with either Culver or Garland. I would lean towards um, Garland, I, and you kind of mm-hmm. laid it out a little bit. Um, not only is Drew more of a natural two and he plays great defense, but the biggest thing that I would love is you get Drew in that natural position. He's already mm-hmm. a great outside shooter, and he can still distribute the ball from that position. And Garland has such a quick, lightning-fast three-point shot, and his biggest deficiencies is defensively. So if you're pairing him with a defensively great guard, that's going to make his job easier. Mm-hmm. And if you give Garland a guy like Zion, who is so energetic and can start fast breaks on himself, that's going to give him open shots, and Garland can you know get open looks from the outside— And I think that Garland needs to be in a system that works best with space and and with some 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 quickness to it. And I think if he goes and plays next to Zion and plays next to uh, Drew Holiday, and obviously it's going to depend on who else they get in that trade, because I don't think it's just going to be the fourth overall pick. But let's say they play with, you know, uh, Kyle Kuzma as well. Let's say Kuzma's in, in the deal with the Lakers kuzma mm-hmm. can run kuzma can shoot and i think that would be a fantastic pairing uh w- with them and i know the rumors are coming out that you know the lakers don't want to trade kuzma um again just playing what ifs um yeah. if ingram's a part of that deal then i think it's definitely going to change my minds a little bit because of ingram's ability to um kind of be a facilitator mm-hmm. and if he needs to be a facilitator to be his most effective player uh, player obviously you want to you know take that into advantage more than that fourth mm. pick because Ingram was the second overall pick very, fairly recently in a very good draft. And I think his potential is still there. It's just kind of been held back by the players he's played around um, and then also the injuries that he suffered. But so pretty much if, if Ingram's a part of the deal, I'm going Culver. Culver's a great off-ball shooter. Um, I think that his defensive is a plus, his defensive abilities are a plus two. Um, you're getting a natural three and D player that seems like he has a fantastic work ethic. So I would love to see him next to Brandon Ingram, who's showing his ability to be a facilitator, next to Zion Williamson, who can create fast breaks and and create you know opportunities for other people with offensive boards. If you know Zion's grabbing an offensive board, he's not going to always look to mm-hmm. put that ball back up. He can dish it out and, and hit Jared Culver. Um, And along with Drew Holiday as well, a guy who can move the ball. So Mm -hmm. I think it's dependent on who they get in that Laker deal. So if they're getting Ingram uh, as the main piece, I would probably go Culver. If they're getting Kuzma and other pieces like Josh Hart and future picks, um, again, I don't know what the full deal is. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to lay out some ways. Let Uh, me ask you that. If it's Kuzma, I'd go Garland.
1: Let's say they get Lonzo and Ingram. So let's say they have this. Lonzo Lonzo and Ingram? Let's say they get that. So they've got Lonzo, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Zion, and then maybe Julius Randle, who would you then take it for? Because to me, if you get Lonzo, then you can also lean towards Cam because he's better defensively. I would say better defensively than Brandon Ingram.
0: I hate that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you're getting Zion, you're getting Lonzo, you're getting Ingram— Mm-hmm. those are guys that, you know, Ingram's not deadly from the outside. He has a good stroke, but he's not deadly from the outside. We already know Lonzo's inability to shoot from the outside. Mm-hmm. We know Zion's inability to have a, well, he doesn't have a clean stroke. He hit it at a decent rate, but he doesn't have a clean stroke. Um, he, he needs to rehaul his jumper. So then you're looking at three guys already that cannot shoot in that starting lineup. And then you're just putting Cam, Cam Reddish in the same place that he was in Duke, where he underperformed mm-hmm. and yes, he has good metrics or a good shooting percentage for you know for to to for you know growth in the NBA shooting like thirty five percent from three on seven and a half attempts but mm-hmm. he was still a disappointment in that role. So I wouldn't want to put him back right into that role. And if that is what that trade is, I would I, I think you're stuck with going with Either Garland and putting him, bringing him off the bench, to bring in a deadly three point shooter and a, a guy who can score because you might lack that with Lonzo, you might lack that in Ingram if he goes cold. Um, Drew Holiday, he's been able to put up like eighteen points a night. So, mm-hmm. but that's also with Anthony Davis. So how would he be able to adjust to that? I, I think you could look DeAndre Hunter too, just to bring in more shooting. But then you know, would you go completely small and play Zion at the five, and then Hunter at the four, and then mm-hmm. Ingram at the three, like? I think that trade they're handicaps also gonna, him because you have to play those guys that you trade for in the starting lineup. Because
1: they're most likely going to, I think, pick the team up on Jaleel Okafor, too. He's going to be on the team as well. Yeah, but he's
0: not going to start. Um, I, I, I think they ended up, at the, at the end of the year, they liked uh, uh, what's-his-face more. Um, kid from Kansas. Uh, big guy. Um, blanking on his name. Uh, begins with a C. Um, whatever. Oh, Check Diallo? Yeah, Check Diallo. No, um, they like checked yellow more than uh, Julia Okufor. It seemed like at the end of the the year, um, but uh, big picture thing, mm-hmm. I I think that if a deal is made with the Pelicans, Lonzo needs to be going to a different yeah. team. Last and two... and and if 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 Lonzo's going to a different team, mm-hmm. and you're getting your Ingram as your piece, you go Garland. If you're getting Kuzma as your piece, then you're going uh, Culver. What did I say?
1: You said Culver.
0: No, flip it. If Ingram Culver. Kuzma, Garland. Okay.
1: Um, last two things I want to ask you. Yeah. Because um, when, I'll be an honest. an hour-long segment? What the fuck? <laughs> Close. Um, no, but I mean, the thing that I've been thinking is, because we both know we're getting our mock ready for this Saturday. You had mentioned it in our text I already got group. mine done. Like, this mock, I was, you'll start to do it, and then you'll look at the clock, and you'll be like, holy shit, it's been three hours. Where did my time go? Or like, wow, I... Didn't notice I've been doing this mock for so long. So many thoughts have been going through my head. I got two last trades I'm going to throw out there, one of which is mine, one of which is not mine. And I want to get the kind of Sean Anderson thought process on this. I will start with mine first, although I've already vetted it through Jake and we've agreed that, you know what, like he said he didn't like it. I'm not that confident in it. It's a Clipper trade, and this is the best I could work with with the Clippers, and I don't even think it happens because the third team probably isn't going to be giving up their pick for a guy. But it's a three-team trade between the Clippers, the Pelicans, and the Suns. The Clippers get AD. The Suns get Lou Will. The Pelicans. Okay,
0: hold on, hold on. So... The Clippers get ADs, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to yeah. write this down so, so I don't forget it. So, the New Orleans, cl- the Clippers, get Clippers,
1: and, and the Suns? Yeah. Right. So, Clippers and Suns get one thing, and that's Clippers are getting AD, Suns get Lou Will. Okay. The Pelicans get Josh Jackson from the Suns, Danilo Gallinari from the Clippers, and then they get the sixth overall pick this year. They get... Two picks in twenty twenty, the Philadelphia pick from the Clippers and the Milwaukee pick from the Suns. And then they get the twenty twenty-one Miami pick from the Clippers. If you're the Pelicans, do you push that button on that trade?
0: Okay. So and then Lou Will is going to the Suns. The Suns. Mm-hmm. So Clippers get AD. Mm-hmm. Lou Will goes to the Suns. And the Suns get. The, the, the Pelicans. The Pelicans get Josh Jackson, mm-hmm. Danilo Gallinari. Mm-hmm. Two firsts from the Suns and two firsts from the Clippers.
1: Yeah. Which would be one in 2019. Why two are the 20-
0: Suns doing that?
1: So the Suns are doing that to get that veteran guard that they want, that veteran point and guard. And they're giving up
0: air two first round picks. And Josh Jackson.
1: The reason why... That is
0: extremely short-sighted when you could just Mm -hmm. take a point guard with the sixth pick. Mm -hmm. And the sixth pick has so much value. It's not worth Lou Williams. And especially a guy who can't play defense. If it was like Drew Holiday, then okay, yeah, maybe. Mm -hmm. But you're getting a guy who is, for what he is, a very great sixth man. Mm -hmm. But he's not a starter that is the guard you're looking for. Mm -hmm. He's a guy that dominates your second unit and puts up points for you when your starters are not out there. Not a guy that brings together DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker. So I'm, I'd shoot that one down in a heartbeat.
1: Here's the other one. The Wizards, the Pelicans, and the Lakers. All right, hold on. i got to restart the trade machine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh,
0: so and this is from
1: Forbes.com. They Pelicans, mm-hmm. Wizards, mm-hmm. and Lakers. Lakers. So the Lakers, it's easy. They get AD, and that's all they get. Okay. The Wizards get three players from the Lakers. They get Lonzo, they get Kuzma, and they get Josh Hart. Okay.
0: Josh Hart goes to the Wizards? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Lonzo, Kuzma, and Josh Hart are going to be Washington Wizards. Damn. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. The Pelicans get Brandon Ingram, Okay. the Lakers' fourth overall pick, and Bradley Beal.
0: And, the, and Forbes has this, mm-hmm. and and who the fuck is writing for Forbes?
1: I don't know. I'm looking That's at a, a picture that I sent Jake because I had to, I had to send it to Jake.
0: Um, why why are the why why are the this why is, are the wizards doing that?
1: So this is all dependent on if the wizards decide to push the button and go more of a rebuild, um, then try to go and win but, now. But how does that deal. help
0: their rebuild?
1: They get three young players that, I mean, Lonzo Ball You get
0: get Kuzma, Mm -hmm. who, I mean, you're just... Josh Hart's not bad. But he's more of a bench. I mean, he could be a starter, but, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're replacing Beal. Look at it this way. Hart for Beal, Mm -hmm. right? Immediate downgrade. Kuzma, he can play your four, Mm -hmm. which is an upgrade for what you have. And then you get Lonzo, who's just automatically going to be clashing with the guy you're paying for. You know, $100 million, $154 dollars million for that's the next the five thing. years. If
1: they push the button on a rebuild, though, how no much one's of the taking that no, no, that John Wall. Being. I know that, but it's more of like a he's going to be oh, a part just, of his future because you're paying him one hundred fifty-four million. Get deal with John Wall. I'm not saying for me, John Wall's
0: not going to be easy to deal with.
1: For me, that's the biggest hiccup is John nah. Wall's going to be on this team. Um, that's that's just, not happening. With me, I think it's interesting for the Wizards to basically are they going to push that button and. The whole thing with them that's even more tricky is haven't hired a new GM, and they've already said that the guy who's the interim is gonna be doing their draft night stuff. If
0: the if the Wizards just came out and were like, "All right, we're trading Bradley Beal for Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, and Josh Hart," it'd be a bad trade mm-hmm. because again, you're you're one of the guys that you're tra- the biggest piece of that is Lonzo, mm-hmm. and he's automatically clashing with your biggest star. And then you look at Kuzma; Kuzma's good, but I don't think Kuzma's like an all star level player he's a very good starter but I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that dominates or is a star Mm -hmm. Beal is and then you look at Hart again Hart can be a starter um, but he hasn't been fully healthy he hasn't really gotten in the right role and if he goes to the right role he possibly could be something Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that's a lot just for Bradley Beal I think you can go out and actually get pieces to help your rebuild Mm -hmm. like picks or like players that you can you know actually put towards your starting lineup like if I was the Wizards, I would want that. I would want Ingram in that deal, mm-hmm. um, and not Goofman. Lonzo Ball.
1: Oh, not so, Lonzo.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think I don't see Lonzo going to Washington.
1: Last but not least, Anthony Davis getting traded on percentage he gets traded on draft night versus percentage he gets traded after July first, or before or on draft night compared to after July first.
0: What do you mean? Like so? Like gonna... are we talking? Are we talking like the deal is done and? The Lakers are picking for the Pelicans,
1: like basic, like, like that either, stuff. Either either or, I like, like it just won't
0: pro, Like for cause.
1: for example, I think it's a twenty five percent chance he gets traded between now and the draft. Seventy five percent chance he's getting traded after July first because of the okay. Boston
0: Celtics and the deal isn't announced. Like like we're talking about mm. like the deal. So from here to you know June twentieth, uh, seven p.m. The deal won't be announced. Yes, yeah, a hundred percent. The deal will not be announced until
1: after draft night. One hundred percent. I, I if do if not the see Lakers there's trade. It's going to be like a oh, the Lakers are taking Darius Garland. Oh, hint, hint. It's going to the no. Pelicans I think I think the Lakers July will first. be taking
0: Darius Garland. Okay. I think they'll be taking the the player that they think either the the mm-hmm. Pelicans will want or the player that they are, they think if they're not getting AD. Will help their team. True, I, I think they are picking for the Lakers, and that is a prospect that can be used in an Anthony Davis trade. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't think we will be at that point where we will have a deal by next Thursday. Okay, we're recording this on Wednesday. Yeah, I think in you know seven uh, seven days we will not have a deal, or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Or eight days. Um, I, I don't see that happening.
1: So I'm going to be on the other a little bit on the other side. I think 25 percent chance it gets announced between now. And next Thursday, however, 75% that it's going to be announced after July 1st, only because of the Boston Celtics. And if Boston—all Boston has to do is dangle Jason Tatum in front of the Pelicans long enough for him not to be traded before or on draft night, this is where you guys come in. Um, Let us know what you guys think down below. Pretty lengthy topic, but I mean— that's usually what happens when you're talking about trades and talking about uh, someone as big as Anthony Davis. But let us know what you guys think. Where do you want him to get traded? What package would you want to see? Does he get traded before draft night, on draft night, after July 1st? What's going through your guys' heads? Let us know what you guys think down below in that comment section. But let's move on into the next topic. Before we do, make sure to go on to Apple Podcast and rate and review the Primetime Podcast. Every five-star rating we get. Really helps up the show, gets us into the ears of more people. So if you guys can go and do that, it would mean the world to us. Let's segue into, we were talking about AD, we were talking about the Lakers and that fourth pick, and let's look at a guy who many think is going to be a top five pick, for Mm -hmm. sure top ten pick, in the draft, and Jarrett Culver. I'm changing the title on the fly slightly, because originally I was going to ask you, should the Lakers take Jarrett Culver at four? However, there's two kind of rumors out there when it comes to Jarrett Culver. There's the ones that he worked out with the um, Lakers, and now they really like him, and that he's a strong option for the number fourth pick. Mm. There's also rumors out of Atlanta that the Atlanta Hawks are centering, and I'm looking right now from peachtreehoops.com, Atlanta Hawks reportedly centering on Jarrett Culver as primary target in trade scenarios. So the question I will ask you is not the should the Lakers take them, yeah. like we said, is will Jarrett Culver be a Laker or a Hawk on draft night?
0: I if I have to pick between those two, like the like odds. Gun to are my head.
1: If who do you think like there's is only he two gonna, teams? Is he gonna go fourth to the Lakers? Or are the Hawks going to make a trade with like the Cavs at five? So which one's more
0: likely? Is and which one's
1: going to happen? Yeah,
0: um, not which, I don't know if not
1: gun to have, yeah. but what do you think because those two happen? aren't
0: the only options. Mm-hmm. I, I I my thinking is the
1: Cavs like them too.
0: That's the thing is I, I'm, my thinking is if he falls to the Cavs at five, mm-hmm. I'm not taking eight ten for for Culver. I, I, I even think that's an overpay for the Atlanta. I don't think mm-hmm. Atlanta is going to offer eight ten to get Culver, um, and I don't think. Eight seventeen is enough for the calves. So I think the Cavs will just take Culver. Mm-hmm. So I would say that what's more likely that then is just, I think the Lakers taking them, mm-hmm. um, out of those two scenarios, because I think it's going to be tough for Atlanta to find a trade partner. And also I think if they're genuinely thinking about what they can do, not only do they love Jared Culver, and that's just for trade scenarios. Um, I think they also love Cam Reddish, too. Mm-hmm. I, I've heard rumors that they do really like him. Um, and if they do really like him, just take him at 8. Like, that's that's the thing, too. And mm-hmm. if you feel like he's going to go at any point like that, you have a ton of second-round capital to yeah. move up that, that extra spot. Um, so I think if they miss out on Culver, they might start to panic. But I think they do have backup plans in place. So I think what's more likely... Hawks trading up and getting Culver or the Lakers taking Culver, Mm -hmm. I will take the Lakers taking Culver.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the Lakers are the interesting one, and that was the one that really what sparked this for me because it kind of seemed like early on, so like right after the combine, it was like, oh, they might have made a promise to Darius Garland and are going to take him with four. I know our um, post-lotto, it was our post-combine one was... You were high on Garland. You're like, oh, Lakers are going to do it. I'm like, "Ah, I don't know if they do. Um, Then I started to lean more towards, oh, they'll probably take Garland because they promised them. And then this rumor comes out um, that they really like Jarrett Culver. I think the big thing for the Lakers with me of why they might think Culver over Garland is, yes, a lot of people are going to put in the – that Darius Garland was working out with LeBron and that mm-hmm. whole connection with LeBron. He's
0: a clutch agent, He's a clutch yeah. client.
1: And they also mention how, like, oh, well, you know, LeBron needs a guy like Kyrie to win a championship. He needs that point guard that he can lean on in situations. Yeah,
0: look at the Miami Heat.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, which, that, that
0: Kyrie Irving, that Mario Chalmers.
1: Which me, with me, I kind of am now thinking of, like, maybe Jared Culver could be a better option for. For the mm-hmm. Lakers, only because what's the one thing that everyone has said the Lakers need after they signed LeBron? Someone who can shoot. Yeah. Darius well, Garland can shoot. Plus, he, I think, I think that, not Darius Garland, Jared Culver, Culver can shoot.
0: Well, I also can think Both of them can.
1: that Jarrett Culver is going to be a really good, I'm not going to go as far and say amazing, but I think he's going to be a really good and really solid two-way player at the next level, and that's what's going to pay dividends next to LeBron.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest thing that stands out for me, because I I am having that argument in my head, either Garland or Culver, Mm -hmm. Um, immediately after the the tournament I was leaning towards Garland. Um, I love his his release, and if we're talking about an offensive player, I think that he could be uh, an absolute stud. But Mm -hmm. the thing that it boils down to that I'm kind of leaning on is if they're picking for the Lakers, what's going to be the best – Game plan for them, and that is taking Culver because taking Garland and then having Lonzo on the team, it's just you're you're automatically you know putting that guy in the bench, and I think you still need to help this starting lineup. And while Reggie Bullock is a decent three point shooter, he's not a starter. Um, KCP definitely not a starter, and thank mm-hmm. God they only send him a one year deal. So I think if you are in that fourth position, you're not trading it for AD. You're going Jared Culver because. That way you can see somewhat of a a starting lineup take place around LeBron James. Uh, Let's say there's no free agent move. There's no trades. Lonzo, Culver, Ingram, LeBron, and then whoever the five will be. Um, Mm -hmm. Or if you want to put LeBron at the five and have Kuzma at the four whatever. if
1: they make that AD trade, AD would be at the five. But Culver's not on the team. True. That fourth so, pick would be moved. Um, you're right.
0: It, it, so I think the thing that, you know, if they bring back JaVale um, or Boogie Cousins whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. um, if it comes down to, though, you, you need to fill out that two-guard two spot. And I, I think mm-hmm. Culver is your best position if you're not getting rid of Lonzo Ball. Um, if you're getting rid of Lonzo, then go with Darius because point guard is way more crucial than having a two guard because pretty much at that two guard spot you just need a guy who can play three and d and you can find guys out there especially to play next to lebron if you are a good enough gm i don't know if rob Pelinka is um but if you are a good enough gm you can find those players so if it comes down to it it's just what is this team looking like and what are we what are odds to get ad and with that if it's just worth keeping this player, I'm going Garland because I think his fit mm-hmm. next to LeBron would be very nice. I think he also has a great work ethic that showed from his growth from his freshman to sophomore year. And if he brings that in the NBA, I think he can work his tail off. I don't I'm not high on him, necessarily. I'm more high on Garland. Um, but I see more of a route for Culver to succeed. Mm-hmm. I think the natural talent leans more towards Garland. But what we've seen from Culver is that he has a great makeup and he has a great drive. And although I didn't like the way that he performed in the national championship game against Virginia, I didn't like the way he his overall tournament turned out to be. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think he can be the guy to step up and take shots. Clay can be a guy like that. Yeah, I don't think uh, Culver has that in him. But I do think that he can be a very good complimentary piece. To who I still think is the best player in the NBA, mm-hmm. in LeBron James.
1: Well, and the thing And that ultimately
0: I, that's what you want to be drafting. yes yeah. players who are going to compliment your best players.
1: And I mean in that kind of final four, I'll say, with the last two games, especially that last one, he is not a guy where it's like, all right, put me on the like basically Kevin Durant style, like put me on the ISO. I'm gonna drive, I'm gonna go at someone. That's not Jared Culver's game. Um, and by having a guy like a LeBron next to him who can say, like, hey, I know we'd love to say, hey, LeBron wants to play more off ball. Guess what? LeBron's not going to play off ball. Well, he gets, he's the best he can, player. In but the he NBA. can still
0: play off ball with if they if they don't. But move it's not going to be but, a
1: 100 percent LeBron off ball.
0: No, but but having Lonzo and having Brandon <laughs> Ingram, he does still have that ability to play yeah. off ball. And even then, if he's playing off ball, it doesn't mean he's not going to pass the ball. Mm-hmm. Like if he gets the ball in the low post, if yeah. he gets double teamed. LeBron's smart enough to pass it out, and if he's mm-hmm. passing out to Derek Culver, who hit like thirty six percent of his his, uh, his catch and shoot threes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's really good for an NBA percentage mm-hmm. if that carries over. So I, I think that if Culver knows his role. And being next to LeBron, it's going to be mainly catch or shoot. and shoot. Kid's going to work his ass off to be a, you know, above average mm-hmm. three point shooter. And it might not be right away. It might take him two months to get there. But if we're getting into the February, March, April grind of the season, mm-hmm. we might see Jarrett Culver really shine as, as a player if he's. You know, been told his role, been working towards his role, yeah. and getting those reps in that role. I think that he could really grow into a nice player next to LeBron. But it's just all boils down to the whether the Lakers are keeping that pick mm-hmm. or
1: not. Well, and I mean, there's that. Plus, I feel like the other side of it is what you brought up with Lonzo Ball. Is If you're going to move Lonzo, then Darius Garland becomes the easiest pick because you're getting rid of a point guard, you need to bring a point guard in. And the thing that I think is... The early reports were, ooh, the Suns and the um, Bulls are the two teams. But then when you started to look at it and kind oh. of time went on, there was—I uh, hope I get his last name right—John um, Gambadoro, um, who is a—he's a host on the he's afternoon the sons. drive yeah. for the Suns, yeah. had a tweet where he basically said, first it was the, we're not trading the sixth pick for Lonzo, then basically— Last week, he said, Suns are not shopping the sixth pick for a veteran point guard. As per reports, a few names to keep an eye on in free agency are Corey Joseph, Pat Bev, Darren Carlson, TJ McConnell. So really right away, it's like, all right, one suitor for the Lakers is out. How about the Bulls? Well, if on the Bulls... Bulls hold on, what are we talking
0: about? So well, the Suns, the that's Suns, veteran point guard. Lonzo's yeah. not a veteran.
1: Originally, though, they were saying that the Suns were going to trade the sixth pick for Lonzo. Well, mm-hmm. now if the Suns aren't even going to trade the sixth pick for a point guard, they're out. No, you're not going to trade. Misreading Lonzo it. They that. said
0: veteran, veteran point guard. Lonzo's not a veteran, but Lonzo, point Lonzo guard.
1: was thrown into that discussion. The point is, okay. they're not trading it for Lonzo. All right. Um, then the Bulls. Well, if on the Bulls, the heavy rumor is that we gave a promise to Kobe White he's probably going to be there at 7 unless the Suns are the team that takes him before us so if on the Bulls I'm not going to trade the 7th for Lonzo because the guy that I promised is going to be there so that means Lonzo's not getting moved
0: first off we don't know if those promises are real and mm -hmm. even if they're real we don't know if those front offices are going to keep those promises
1: the, so, Bull, the Bulls are a team where— The Bulls are going to do
0: what they want to do in the, their and, and do what's in their best interest. The
1: thing I will say about the Bulls, though, is last year it was, man, the Bulls have a heavy promise with Chandler Hutchinson for the 21st pick. 22nd. The 22nd pick. The Bulls are a team where usually if the rumor is out that they promise someone, they're going to take you. Okay. Um, so that's why I'm feeling like—
0: oh, Okay, but if that happens, mm-hmm. what if Garland goes— two, or sorry, go and goes uh, four to the Lakers, mm-hmm. and then Kobe White goes to the Suns. Bye-bye, promise. What are you mm-hmm. going to do? Are you going to go after Lonzo Ball and get get him with the seventh overall pick?
1: So in that situation, then it becomes open. Um But for the Lakers, the question I will ask there is, if Lonzo's on the team and Alonzo trade isn't done before draft night, do you draft thinking we're still going to move him? Or are you drafting thinking he's going to be on this team long term?
0: The deal doesn't need to be done for Mm -hmm. it to be in motion because you could still have a plan. So if their plan Mm -hmm. is to trade Lonzo, then, I mean, I I think they'll go into draft night knowing what they want to do. And clearly we'll see that once the fourth pick uh, happens. Because even if
1: AD gets traded, Lonzo's probably going to be a part of that deal even if it's after draft night. Yeah,
0: I, I think that... Pretty much it's just going to tell the tale of where they're going to go in, in their direction mm-hmm. if they go Garland at four because then that leaves Lonzo open and they could possibly go after the sixth pick, they can go after the seventh pick, mm-hmm. um, they obviously can go after Anthony Davis. Um, but even if they take that, if they take Garland with the fourth, he's either going to be going to that AD deal or Lonzo's mm-hmm. gone. Um, if they're not able to get AD, he goes to Boston, I still think yeah. Lonzo would be gone. I, I think that that would be what what happens. And if they get the you know seventh pick... That could mean DeAndre Hunter, and that way you can fill out that you know that that rotation even more a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, get a guy who can play the four, play great defense, shoot from the outside, and he could be more of a starter next to LeBron. Where Kuzma and uh, you could have you know interesting uh, rotations off the bench, uh, where you have uh, you know Kuzma coming off the bench and being your bench scorer. Uh, Josh Hart could be in the starting lineup. Uh, you can have a lot of interesting things happen with that. So I think it's it's going to be dependent if they go with Culver at the four. Um, most likely they're either pushing for an A D trade only, uh, or we're just gonna keep and we're either gonna keep go after A D, um, or we're gonna keep that this team the way it is. Uh, or if they go Garland, he's either you know the player that the Pelicans like the most or mm-hmm. Lonzo's gone.
1: Here's a question I wanna ask you in this situation, because of course there's this time of the eight days before the draft, everything's like, Oh, they're high on this guy, high on that guy. One of the things that people are saying is there's a possibility that the Suns are high on Brandon Clark. Had a private workout with them um, mm-hmm. about a day or two ago in Phoenix. Um, Brandon Clark being from Phoenix, take that um, as you may. The first question I'll ask is with the Suns, what would your reaction be on draft night if the six pick came and they come to the podium? And with the six pick, the Phoenix Suns take Brandon Clark
0: absolute whiff be a horrible idea Mm -hmm. um you look at their wing rotation right now and yes you don't have a four and i know that's a big need for them i know point guard and four are the biggest needs for him uh for the Suns. but looking at josh jackson he's already a plus defender when he's on and that was the big thing at least draft you know scouting wise when he was coming in Mm -hmm. uh, was that he was going to be a plus defender you have TJ Warren, you have uh, Kelly Oubre, who you could possibly re-sign as a, an RFA. There are still wings out there that you can still play You know, a little bit more small ball. You can get interesting with your lineups. You don't have to have a traditional four. And if that means passing up a guy like DeAndre Hunter, who's more of a first-share fired thing at that four spot, mm-hmm. um, or that 3-4 hybrid again if you're going positions basketball, I think that'd be a major misstep because DeAndre Hunter, while he might not be as aggressive and as as, as locked in as Brandon Clark is defensively, he is still very good defensively, and he brings that plus out already of being an outside shooter.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: Clark does not do that, and Clark needs to bring that. Uh, Clark needs to develop that if he wants to be a, a good two-way player in the NBA. And if you're pairing him with DeAndre Ayton, DeAndre Ayton works a large uh, – probably 40 to 55 percent out of the post and definitely below the line area well that's where Clark's going to work as well and Aiton and can definitely stretch, stretch the floor out um, he could definitely take it from the top of the key um, we've seen him shoot threes before in, in, in college and he might be developing and working on that, that part of his game now to bring it fully over to the NBA um, so there might be a stretch element to his game at some point but Right now, he is not deadly like, you know, Carl Towns or a, uh, or a Christophs or was, uh, mm-hmm. when, when, uh, Christophs was healthy. So I think that would be a bad fit offensively for them. Defensively, it would make sense. But if DeAndre, if Deandre Hunter is on the board, why would you pass him up? Mm-hmm. Um, if Cam Reddish is on the board, why would you pass him up? Because Cam Reddish showed that he could be a plus defender and he could shoot from the outside. Um, he's not going to be a lights out shooter right away. But again, if you're putting him in a certain role, I think he could be, I think he'd be helpful. Um, and you're also passing up the role that we've been talking about for the past three years <laughs> in point guard for the Phoenix <laughs> Suns. So I, I think it would be a major misstep if they went Brian Clark
1: Because, like, the thing that I'm looking at and kind of the, I don't know if you want to say the writing on the wall or if you want to say just a, because in every draft, there's somebody that falls, somebody that's like, whoa, we had him a lot higher. Then he ended up going. Was there a guy like that last year? I almost feel like I thought there. I thought wasn't Miles Bridges that guy last year? No, Miles where Bridges. We had was, him higher no. than we. I thought we had him way higher than. No, I think the highest we was. had him was
0: the Knicks, which was just nine. He fell to eleven. I'm gonna look. Fell. It up. So I think I had him at the Hornets at some point for a mock draft, or someone <laughs> had him at the the Hornets in the mock draft.
1: Technically, if you ask Dave, Luca was a big fall from one to three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I mean. Colin Sexton at eight, I don't think that was a fall. I think last year was more. Oh, Michael Porter Jr.
0: But that was, but that's not. A, I, that was injury. We knew why.
1: We knew why we, he fell, but we didn't think he'd fall all the way to fourteen.
0: When it <laughs> happened, though, I wasn't massively shocked. Yeah, I, th- I last, once once he got past, I think it was mm-hmm. Chicago. Yeah it it made once sense once again got past 7 it made sense and, I think there, and last there's no year, there's no major red flag like mm-hmm. that maybe outside no there's no major red flag like that
1: this year last year was a there's lot of guys with
0: injuries but there's no big red flag like that no, last the year only guy that would be like that would be his brother
1: like, last year was people the going biggest higher one was than Jerome we thought. Robinson like, Shay, well Shea went higher than i thought mm-hmm. like we didn't have him in the top 15 we didn't no, i don't think so well, i know well, i you did. deleted all of my um, drafts no it's in there You just got the 2018 um, I put it under 2018. Here, I'll, I'll pull it up. Did I forget to share it with you guys? I, I just, think so. I just made it.
0: Yeah, I think you just made it. You definitely did because um, I
1: it. kept it for that reason. Um, in our last mock draft, you had Shea fourteen. Oh, you had him to the Suns because you had a trade. Gotcha. Um, with the Suns, um, because let me share that with me now. Yeah,
0: um, but yeah, no, I I I remember that now. But when the Clippers took him, I don't think yeah, we you have shocked, access but...
1: to it. I shared it. It's 2018 NBA mock draft. Because hmm. I shared it with you and Dave.
0: All right, let me check. Shared with me and Dave. Yeah, 2018 mock draft. Mm-hmm.
1: 2018.
0: This, NBA is a great mock draft. Con- this is
1: great. This is great Uh Okay, I got it. Okay. All right. Yeah, because I had. I don't think I had Shea Gil just that high. Let's see. No, I had him twelve. Huh. Oh, I yeah. don't remember that. Um, I was
0: about to say, no one was shocked. In our in our mm-hmm. in our what's it called? In our uh live mock draft we had him exactly where it went. It was twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, true. Clippers we had Miles Bridges and those two flipped. Uh Mikhail went ten to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um the Knicks we Wendell was there. I mean, we really didn't have anyone fall, weirdly. No, um, you're not well, I mean, Trey Young kind of.
1: For Maybe. me, for me, the big faller was Robert Williams because I had him at freaking 13. Oh,
0: um, I mean, technically, if we're going off our mock draft, Mitchell Robinson, yeah. Mitchell Robinson at 16 or 15 True. for the Wizards. Um, you didn't go to the second round.
1: I just for me, the thing that what I was going oh, to Bates you,
0: Diop was the big, big faller because mm-hmm. you weren't too shocked by Mitchell Robinson because he was a high school player. But yeah, Kate Bates was like the huge faller that we were pissed off about.
1: And the thing I was going to ask you is, let's say the draft plays out like this. Let's say Jarrett Culver goes four to the, let's say he goes four to the Lakers. And then let's say the Cavs keep the pick. I'm going to say if Culver's off the board, let's say they go DeAndre Hunter. Then the Suns, for the sake of argument, good pick, bad pick, they go with Brandon Clark. Then the Bulls go with Kobe White. How two two part question? How far do you think Darius Garland falls? And where does he go? And with the where does he go, is there going to be a team that if Darius Garland falls past seven, is there going to be a team that tries to jump Why up and grab he him? I'm just saying, like, let's say the Lakers pick Culver over yeah. him. Let's say the Cavs, Darius. Yeah, they, won't,
0: or, they won't take him. DeAndre take Hunter is
1: the guy they like Anybody, yeah. next to Culver or besides Culver. Sexton. So they take Hunter. Then the Suns, let's just for the sake of argument, they go but with Brandon there's, Clark because no... they really like him. All right. And then the Bulls go Kobe White because of the promise. If that lays out, but I, how far do you think he falls?
0: I just think that's a very unrealistic way mm-hmm. to, to look at it. I don't think that's happening. Uh he's not gonna go to the Hawks, he's not gonna I think someone trades up and gets him. I think he still goes top ten.
1: Who do you think? I think the Celtics
0: out? could go after him with mm-hmm. their their bevy of picks. I think the T Wolves can go after him uh, if they're able to add Darius Garland. What the fuck wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're trying to fatigue right out now. Got right now. Yeah, I know. I know. And, yeah. Like, like he's, 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 a fine, he's a fine. He's a fine player. He's not great, but um, he's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pistons too. I think people trade up for him. There, if he falls past the Bulls, something must be physically. Wrong with Gar Pax. Mm-hmm. like something must. They must have fall, fallen down the stairs. <laughs> like it, it would be. A, a, so you think a the Bulls should take misstep.
1: Garland over Kobe White? It's not even a discussion.
0: Decision. I am iffy on Kobe White being in the top okay. ten. Um, I think Garland's a top five player in this draft. I don't. I'm iffy on top. I don't think Kobe White's mm-hmm. in my top ten when we did our big board. Yeah. So no, I, I, I if the Bulls do that, they something is. Mm-hmm. It, we we know something's wrong with Gar Pax, mm-hmm. but now something something would be. <laughs> For sure, at least guaranteed, wrong with Garpacks
1: I just, with me, I see one of two situations playing out. I either see the situation that we just said. Uh, it goes Culver, somebody not Darius Garland, Brandon Clark, Kobe White, or it goes on the other side of, and this is depending on the Suns, Jarrett Culver, somebody else, Kobe White because there are rumors that maybe they go Kobe White, the Suns at six. And then if that's the situation, the Bulls, like if Kobe White's already taken and Darius Garland's there, then if I'm the Bulls, I go with Darius Garland because we need that um, point guard. But I mean, for me, he is the one guy that I feel like, not because of injury, not because of anything that's like necessarily wrong with him, could just slip because a team decides to... Go with somebody else that they worked out and love mm-hmm. over him, and he's a guy that I wouldn't be surprised. Like you if, said, if the someone, Celtics, if, I would love that if, if they straight up and got him.
0: If someone's falling, it's Kobe White, mm-hmm. without a doubt. And uh, th- that's because I think teams. So
1: one of the point guards is falling.
0: I, I if well, if we have Kobe to pick White's a faller, a if we have to pick a single faller, mm-hmm. I would pick Kobe White. Okay. Um, I don't think Garland falls at all. Mm-hmm. Um, if we had to lay out the fallers, Garland. Sekou, Clark, mm-hmm. PJ. Those are the followers. Okay. I have co in one of mine, I have Kobe not going in the top ten. One mm-hmm. of my mock drafts. Really? Yeah. I would have Because been- I don't think he's a top ten talent.
1: Let's see. My biggest fall like, I would say Darius Garland would be my biggest faller because I've technically got him outside the top ten. Um You
0: do? Mm-hmm. That's idiotic.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to say it on the air. I'll let you know mm-hmm. what it is. It's, you it's could just even look at it dumb. if you wanted to. Yeah. But I'll let you know off because I don't want to spoil it for Saturday. You know who's the one – this is how I'll end this segment. You know who's the one prospect where I don't know where to freaking put him? Hmm. Jackson Hayes. I don't know where to put him because um, I don't you love – You put a, him in the wrong place. That's for like, sure. I, I, if you're looking at my mock Sean, I I'm not even happy with that pick. That's yeah, probably going to change. There's um, there's cuz that's a terrible pick for them.
0: We did have a similar thinking. Like, if, you, if, if, if with with where you have him, I, we have a similar go thinking. Go ahead and say cuz I'm going to no, change it. No, it's okay.
1: I mean, I just he's the one person where I'm like, he fell. All right, how far is he going to fall? And then I put him somewhere it's like I don't even like I where I would I be shocked
0: him. if he fell past 21.
1: Okay. So even if he was a if he fell past to the thunder, I'd be shocked. Okay. Um, but any final thoughts on e- anything in the draft? Anything with your mock that you want to express before we mm. get to Saturday? Any frustrations that you're dealing with?
0: The biggest frustration is I just... I don't know how big of effect the AD trade will have. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I I am not a guy to create that trade Mm -hmm. right i'm not i'm not a gm i don't think anyone has the ability to make a proper ad trade where all sides are going to benefit because with being that big of a name that trade is going to be ripped to shreds in any way possible yeah and getting that big of a name you need to have a winner and you need to have a loser and i think with the Kawhi stuff it was easier to have a winner and loser with that because Mm -hmm. yes toronto got Kawhi. But they Toronto was doing it out of desperation, and we didn't know what Kawhi was going to be doing because of how serious we possibly thought yeah. his injury could have been. And what's
1: funny so, is the Spurs could end up trading Demar Derozan this offseason, The rumors are,
0: um, yeah, if that happens. But I, I mean, at least with that, like that, that's probably the last big trade mm-hmm. there. And I, I would just, I'm, I'm, I think that. Again, AD finding a trade for AD is not my job, and it, mm-hmm. that's that was the biggest workaround. It's
1: above your pay scale,
0: exactly. It was <laughs> I don't get paid anything, um. So that that was the biggest frustration for me mm-hmm. was trying to figure out what trades would happen. And I, I mm-hmm. think outside of AD, I don't think there are going to be big names moved. I don't think Clint Capella is going to get moved or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think AD is the only big name that could possibly get moved.
1: I think last year I counted it because Dave wanted to know. I think it was what four or five. Trades in the first round last year. I did count it. Um, um, now I'm starting to think it was three. It was either three, it. four, or five. Well,
0: there was the Luca. Hmm. Um. There was the clipper so trade. One. There was the clipper trade.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh. There was the. Uh,
1: <sighs> I'm just gonna look it up. I got it. Right, I got it right now.
0: Uh, the Philadelphia trade.
1: Hmm. So, so that was three.
0: three. Um. Was that one a trade? No. Um. That one wasn't a trade. I think it might be three. Yeah. Um. Uh Nope, that, wasn't, that yeah. didn't count. On, the on draft day? The yeah, the yeah.
1: on draft day. No, yeah, it was just one. Or, okay. It was just
0: three.
1: Yeah. Cause I, mean, that's I, think also,
0: there was, I think there was five in the second round.
1: Because that's also another thing. like Of course, we look at this draft class and it's like because of the fall off, it's like, oh, there could be more trades this year. But honestly, will there be a lot of trades this year? Will teams be reluctant to kind of move and say, oh, we're going to get the guy we want because it's. This could be a draft where it could end up being like, "Hey, I like that guy. I'm gonna trade up and get him." Kind of like how you with the Seventy Sixers traded up for Tyler Hero. Mm. Like I could see the Celtics going, "Like, hey, we really like him. Let's I trade just, up and get
0: him." I did that Tyler Hero one just to have fun. <laughs> I mean, that was ridiculous. He's, he's not a top mm. eleven prospect, uh, but yeah, that was. they just wanted to have fun with that one.
1: But because with got, those
0: live ones, I mean, I love we it. don't know what the fuck's gonna happen. I
1: love it. Um, I love p- playing the GM with every team and having that kind of power. But this my, is where my go goal at- with
0: that is just to fuck people over. It's just to win. <laughs> trades. Sean wants so, to piss people off, and I definitely lost that trade. Dave, Dave beat me on that trade. Whoever trade I traded with, it was me. Yeah, because that was that the
1: trade. one where you're like, aside, would you make that trade? And I was like, hey, Sean, if you really like the guy, go ahead and make that trade. <laughs> go ahead and make that trade, Sean. But yeah, this is where you guys come in. and Let us know what you guys think about. Anything we talked about. The Lakers taking Jarrett Culver. Will he go to the Hawks? Because they really like him. The Brandon Clark rumors to the Suns. Will Jarius Garland fall? Let us Jarius. know what you guys are. Yeah, Darius. You, you said I Jarius. said Jarius. Jarius. Darius Garland. Darius, not Jarius. Will Darius Garland fall if the Lakers take Jarrett Culver at four? Let us know what you guys think down below. And, Sean, closing things out, let's talk about this was, I'll say, the trickiest podcast to kind of decide what order we were going to do the topics in Mm -hmm. because part of me is like i want to get the draft stuff out as soon as possible but then there's a part of me that's like knowing our luck we're talking about quentin grimes here that we will record this it will go on podcast services but before it can go up on youtube he'll announce where he's going that will make everything mute moot. So I hope that doesn't happen. I hope he doesn't decide until after this gets a little bit of breathability. Do you just make his decision?
0: No, I wanna I wanna cut in real quick. Okay. Um I'm looking at because I, I finally got access to the twenty eighteen NBA mock drafts. Mm-hmm. And I'm this, this is why I'm glad you saved stuff like this because because yeah. um, I wanna look in, back on it. In the sides in the sidebar of when I was doing my second round pick mm-hmm. second round stuff, I was I had the guys that I like thought could go. One of them's Gilga Pachaste. Wow. And now seeing the growth of he didn't even make it into my second round, <laughs> my two rounds last year. Now he's mm-hmm. already in the, uh, he's already in my first round, and I am absolutely in love with him. So it's crazy how guys can change and how your your opinions can change so quickly.
1: Oh shoot, I'm looking at yours now. I'm looking at mine to see if there was anyone. Yeah, from... Josh
0: Akogi at 38, but I was absolutely in love with him. That was a mistake.
1: I'm trying to see here. Is there anyone that is in this year's draft that I had? Um. Tony Carr technically came You have Goga at 59. Oh, I do. I did have Goga. Um, Yeah, that's something where usually at that point, though, we knew from the college players who was coming and who was Mm -hmm. um, going back. But with Quentin Grimes, he is a player that came out, did the whole draft process thing, then said, screw it. I am going to go back to college also – I did not mention this at the beginning. You did notice earlier on, beginning of the podcast, Sean said Dave's not here. That's why he's able to take up on the entire right side of the table. Dave not here because he had to help the in-laws reinstall windows, I think he said. Fuck you,
0: Dave. Um, I don't know. Which was
1: basically... Left um, us B. Had to do that, and it was not going perfectly, but... He did want me to say, and I will say this before we talk about the Quentin Grimes, That, and I'm just going to read his tweet. In spirit—
0: It's a text, and he said, Yeah.
1: In spirit, can y'all say on my behalf, I'm hoping against all logic that Grimes actually has a great year this upcoming season and goes late lotto or something totally unexpected. And the news with Quentin Grimes is that he was coming out of the draft— came back to college, then it was Doxon also was coming into Kansas. So Quentin Grimes is like, Audi 5,000, I'm going to get out of here as soon as possible. And he's visited two schools, either Houston, Texas A&M. He's going to choose between one or the other. I will ask you, Sean, when it comes to Quentin Grimes, do you personally see a preference over one or the other? For his success, when it comes to getting a higher draft pick next year,
0: I think the biggest thing is just look at the the precursors of, of if your goal is to get drafted. Mm-hmm. Look at which team has produced more players, mm-hmm. and I think recently that that would be Houston. And you also have to look at the head coaches, and you know having Kelvin Sampson on the bench of Houston Cougars. Is a huge part. And, mm-hmm. and we've seen his success um, in the game of basketball and what he's been able to do, um, both at his time in Indiana, his, his time uh, in Houston as well. Um, Kelvin's a, a very, um, very, uh, he's a coach with a lot of accolades, what I should say. Um, and I think going from Bill Self to Kelvin Sampson would be a much easier transition because you're going to a guy, you know, both guys with great basketball minds. So I, I think that. If I was making that choice and basically selling it off of you know basketball and their program in general and just trying to get drafted, I think choosing the Houston Cougars would be the smartest move for Quentin Grimes' career.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's with me. I was saying the same. I was thinking the same thing because I know that not this year's draft, but last year's draft, we had um, Robert Williams was the big one mm. from Texas A and M, but. I just, I look at it, and the one player I kind of look at with what his draft stock is be well what it is, and but he's a different player than Quentin Grimes, is Corey Davis Jr., one of the guys who kind of led that Houston team. This was a Houston team that I thought had the potential to make the Final Four um, in the region that they were in with Kentucky and Auburn um, and North Carolina, I just—for me, I was telling you before we started recording this, when I saw the two teams, like, how much one-sided it would be in my mind is that when I saw Texas A&M was a choice, I audibly said to my computer, why? Why would you do—like, why would you want to pick Texas A&M? Because this is a team that last year in the SEC, and I know you could come in and start thinking about, well— maybe I'm the guy to kind of change things and like they didn't have a player like me, so I can go ahead and get more play time and basically shine. But why would you want to go to a team that a, I would say has the, if I'm comparing both head coaches does not have the slider for winning in that Houston wins that category, but also in the sec, you're a what 14 win team and you were 11th in the sec and you're not going to be seen on that tournament stage when really all the eyeballs are on you in March.
0: Yeah, and and I think that's a great point, too, is just the fact that you'll get more experience at Houston um, going through the—what well, conference is it again? Uh, they are the big, CUSA.
1: usa right? Yeah, CUSA. usa No, American. They're the American.
0: They mm-hmm. oh, okay. Well, yeah. still, I mean, you have— now Mick Cronin leaving Cincinnati, and that was mm-hmm. one of the big opponents that they had in that, yeah. that conference. Uh, so that's going to easily make their chances a little bit easier. Um, UConn's been kind of in the shitter recently, but they they're making strides, um, especially since getting rid of Kevin Alley. I know there's a huge kerfuffle uh, with mm-hmm. that whole thing, um, but since they made the move of getting uh, rid of Kevin Alley and bringing in Dan Hurley, um, I, I think the the strides are being made towards them. But I don't think anything's really locked down for them and. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, if we're looking at the teams that are in that conference, I don't think anything stands out outside of Houston basketball. Houston basketball has been in the tournament very consistently for the past couple of years. Um, we get Kelvin Sampson's probably one of the best coaches in that conference, if not mm-hmm. the best. Um, some people might make an argument for Dan Hurley and what he did um, with uh, Rhode Island.
1: Mm-hmm. Um
0: but I think Kelvin Sampson, with his his long career of uh, you know being in Indiana and Houston, I'd probably give it to him. So mm-hmm. I, I think that Quentin Grimes would be making the best decision to go to Houston because he gets those extra um, reps and in, in going into the tournament. And if he has a big tournament, we know what that can do for players. And also. You look at what P.J. Washington was able to do in in Kentucky, and I know Kentucky and Houston, different programs, although they have like the same fucking logo, um, just one's a UH and one's a UK, and (laughs) one's red and one's blue. Um, But we saw that P.J. Washington was a former five-star recruit. He didn't have that great of a year in Kentucky, Mm -hmm. and then he came back, worked his ass off, and is now a top 15 player in the NBA draft. And Quentin Grimes, I think... The talent's still there. It's just knowing that he needs to put in that work and being in a system that's going to be beneficial to him. And hopefully he can find that in either of the schools. And I think the biggest thing it would come down to is, you know, how good of a team is Houston? And are they going to be too good where there's a ton of pressure? And if he doesn't perform well, will he be taken out of the lineup? Or Texas A&M, you can make some of those mistakes and still Mm be, you know, the guy on the team. Because Quentin Grimes, if he goes to Texas A&M, Texas AM, he's going to be the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, where at Houston, with their success, we know that Kelvin Sampson, Sampson can uh, uh, recruit. He might go with some of the guys that he recruited, per se, than the guy that he swayed to get in, in, in Quentin Grimes.
1: And one of the questions that's just circling my head um, that I'll ask you, but I'm going to give my take um, before yours is mm-hmm. should there. So the question is, should people look at this and say, Because P.J. Washington, coming back, stayed with the same team. Whereas Grimes is saying, hey, I'm getting out of here. I'm going somewhere else. Should people look on that basically in a negative light? And the thing that I think of is I kind of lean towards no. Because if your main goal is, hey, I want to raise my draft stock. Um, Basically, at Kansas, what I saw this past year was with Doxson coming back, Basically, him and Grimes are going to kind of butt heads with how their play styles are so similar. And last year, we saw that Doxson won out when it came to Bill Self. That it would be Doxson at one, Grimes at two. But then also, I know that, like, Dietrich Lawson is in the draft. LeGerald Vick is in the draft. But they've got guys like um, Azubuki coming back next year. And I wonder... I wonder... D'Souza as well. I wonder if there's just too many cooks in the kitchen when it comes to Kansas, that this could be the best option PJ Washington style for Quentin Grimes to where it's basically like, Hey, especially like I'm talking Houston because that's where I think he should go. Like their main guy in Corey Davis is in the NBA draft. So like when I look at that, Hey, I can come in, I can kind of have room to breathe because Kansas to me, it's all, it's kind of like a, how do I put this? It's kind of like the Nasir Little situation without having the microscope of the Nasir Little situation of, it wasn't necessarily Grimes battling with coaching about how he was being used. It's just a kind of system of like, when you go to a Kansas, when you go to a North Carolina, you're going to have other great players coming with you. And it's more about, hey, the team success fitting a role, whether if that's not a big role and you're only playing 25-some minutes a game and only averaging eight a game, you've got to fit that role rather than, hey, going to a Houston where, hey, I could have a bigger role because there's not as many great players, more of those five four-star players here at well, the smaller school. And
0: I think too with Kansas obviously this streak ended. Um mm-hmm. but there's so much pressure for them to be such a great school. Yeah. And not saying that Houston hasn't had success recently mm-hmm. and that, the, that their team doesn't that their school does support them because uh I mean they have a great fan base and yeah. they have a, a great you know uh, ra- uh pride in their 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 Houston team. Mm-hmm. It's different than Kansas though. It is. And I think Kansas if we look at it their goal is not to make you the best NBA prospect. It's their, to
1: win a national championship. It's, it's
0: to win a national championship. And not saying that Houston doesn't have the same goal or that Houston's better at producing uh you know NBA products because if we're looking at who they got right now, um clearly Kansas is winning that, especially just based on the fact that Joel Embiid's in uh Beads in the NBA right now. But mm-hmm. Embiid wasn't made in Kansas. Um and I think that's the biggest thing is With UNC and with Kentucky and with Duke in in some ways and with Kansas, their goals are to win national championships and make you the best college basketball player. Where I think Quentin Grimes needs to kind of step away from that and just make sure that he's the best version of Quentin Grimes. Mm -hmm. Which, while Houston, their goal is still to win games, doesn't mean that Quentin Grimes is going to be put in this system and this culture that's been cultivated for 20 years Kelvin Sampson wants to win games, and I think the way that he does it is more player-friendly where he's going to allow you to do what you do, and he's going to allow you to you know, be who you are as long as you're winning games and helping the team. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that whether that be Texas A&M too, because I think Texas A&M will allow that freedom as well, um, whether it be either of those teams, I think the the decision for Quentin Grimes to leave is, is probably a smart one.
1: And the thing I'm looking up is, the funny thing is that If you look at, and this isn't going to affect this year's um, basketball season, but if you look at the 2020 basketball commits, the Houston Cougars are the second-ranked class right now in the country um, because they've got two four-star recruits um, in uh, Trayvon Mack and Jamal um, Sheed. But the reason why I brought that up is so that I could look at 2019 Because 2019, the one coming in this year, they weren't even in the top 50. They were 59th overall in recruiting, and they have a uh, trio of three-star recruits coming in, whereas Kansas for 2019 and this year, top 15 class, they were at 15. Mm -hmm. They've got – I'm going to screw up these names, but Tristan um, Ina Runa, who's a four-star recruit, Christian Braun, who's a three-star recruit, and then Isaac McBride, who's a three star, but also like a transfer in Isaac Moss yeah. transferring from Iowa. Well, and they were supposed Taylor to get to a too. Four. They were supposed to, but he yeah. is now going to overseas to play in Australia. Um New Zealand? New Zealand. Um that's the same league as what I was thinking, Australia and New Zealand. Um because they're in the NBL, I think Dave mm-hmm. and I looked up yeah. this weekend. Um I just feel like for Quentin Grimes.
0: I'm glad we did a topic, but Dave still had to look it up.
1: What? We did a
0: topic on RJ um, Hampton, but he still had to look (laughs) up where he played.
1: Yeah, because I was like, he's like, oh, I can't remember what what the actual name of the league was. But for me, I feel like the goal for Quentin Grimes is to just show up. Like, I want to see that. Like, I don't know if there's any like this is what points per game he has to be. I just want him to show us that last year was a fluke. Because if you look at our way too early... If you look at our first big board, I was really high on Quentin Grimes. Like, I thought he was going to be the guy to lead the Kansas Jayhawks this past year, and it just didn't work out that way. I want to see that from Quentin Grimes. And I think the way that he does that is, for me, is to become a member of the Houston Cougars because what I feel like will happen is if he chooses Texas A&M – he might be able to play well, but he's not gonna. He's not gonna win the SEC. He's not gonna win the SEC tournament, and there's a higher chance that he won't make the tournament. And then because the eyes aren't on him, there's because I like I Jericho think all that Colbert stuff's secondary
0: a, though. I think that stuff's secondary. I think the biggest thing for him is it's not about you know team success and mm-hmm. how how far they go and making the tournament. Making that stuff is is important mm-hmm. to his draft stock. But what's going to be more important to his draft stock is just is just being a better player. I mean, you look at what he did last year. He had two assists to a, a to two turn to one point nine turnovers, so he's pretty much a one to one ratio there. Um, he did shoot thirty four percent from three, which is okay, right? But you look at his free throw percentage, sixty percent. We obviously know that's an indicator for how good of a shooter you'll be in the NBA, and mm-hmm. that's not high enough. It, it's it's simply not. If you're at seventy then that's kind of like okay he might be good um if you're at 80 you're, that's a pretty good syndica- uh, you know uh signifier that you will be good um but when you receive these numbers 38% from the field uh 34% from 3 60% from the line not that great of a, a distributor again two assists to to uh two turnovers pretty much he wasn't really that great defensively and he was playing 27 minutes like he wasn't good out there mm-hmm. um, and i think that's the biggest thing that he needs to just improve on is just go out and play you're the 8th recruit in not a great class obviously as we can say this is one of the worst uh, this is one of the worst classes that we've we've had draft classes mm-hmm. um but you're above guys that you know just looking at kelvin johnson you're above Darius Garland you're above my favorite player in the world nas reed you're above kobe white you're above kevin porter and you know, some of these guys are going top 10. Kobe mm-hmm. White's projected to go top 10. Uh, obviously, uh, Darius Garland projected to go top 5. You need to be able to prove why you were up there. And that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing that I think Quentin Grimes needs to do is just prove that he was just in a bad spot last year. But, and, and, and that doesn't mean team success. It just mm-hmm. means that Quentin Grimes can go out there and play and shoot effectively and be a good uh, distributor mm-hmm. and be a guy that can score you know, at, you know, at any single point in the game at any single level he needs to be a guy that can go out and be quentin grimes and and show the max potential that we thought he had in high school
1: i just i feel like if he goes to texas a&m it he's gonna kind of be overshadowed to where i feel like let's say he goes to texas a&m when it comes to and i'm gonna use this draft class as a basis the ceiling for him is going to be Jackson Hayes, because Jackson Hayes is a guy who, lottery prospect, top 10 in some mocks, he did make the tournament. But, like, when I look at this year's first round of guys, and I'm using Tankathon as the example of first round guys not in the tournament, Darius Garland, due to injury, or he was injured, but Vanderbilt didn't make it because he was injured. Um, Jackson Hayes, Texas, didn't make it. I'm going to say ball ball because he didn't play in the tournament um, because he was injured this year. Um, let's see, Virginia Tech made it. Kevin Porter Jr. was not in the tournament. Mm-hmm. You've got then Mat- Matisse Thiebel and then what? Jer- no, Ty Jerome was in there. So what? That what three? Maybe four guys and the international guys are kind of left out of it because of course yeah. they're not making the tournament. But I just I feel like his best route to being drafted is Houston, not because he will get more of an opportunity to shine, but by being on a better team and a tournament worthy team that he won't be forgotten in March. And that'll just help him be a solidified first
0: round. But being forgotten in March, it doesn't matter when it comes to the NBA draft because you just got to be able to put yourself on the map in Mm -hmm. general. And that's all done just through play. Um, you know, some guys make legacies in March, like Steph Curry's and like Jimmy mm-hmm. Fredette's and uh, like Adam Morrison's, but that all doesn't matter. The biggest thing is just going out and being that player. Because um, I mean, we can look at Jared Culver. Jared Culver had a bad March, and he's still going top five. Mm-hmm. So, and this is going to be completely different draft classes, a much better draft class uh, next year. Yeah. Um, so, he's just going to be able to be better. Uh, again, a good March will not hurt him, mm-hmm. uh, but being in March is not a, a signifier that he will go. It's not the difference maker between whether he goes top fifteen or top ten. Um, it's just it would just be a, a, an added bonus because if he goes mm-hmm. out and plays the same way that he did before, it's not really going to change it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, if and he goes and plays well at Texas A&M or whatever, and then they make the tournament, and then he turns out to be you know he plays great, mm-hmm. then that might boost it. But again, him playing in March is not a the exact signifier on whether he's going to be a good NBA pro or at least a highly ranked prospect going into next year's draft class.
1: And with the jerk Culver thing, I'll say he didn't have a bad March. He had a bad last two games. He had a bad Final Four. Yeah, and then that didn't kill him. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think. Where should Quentin Grimes go, go? And I will kind of preface it with this. If he's already made a decision by the time this video comes out, what do you think of the decision? Let us know. We'll continue that down in the comment section if he makes a decision beforehand, because obviously we're sitting here in the past. Who's your guess? I'm going to say Houston. All right. I'm going to say Santa Clara. <laughs> Santa Clara. Santa the, Clara. What are they? The yep. Ranchero? No, they're oh, not the... God, I don't know. I know the that,
0: Mustangs, I think.
1: No, you're right. I'm thinking of Santa Barbara, or the uh, Rancheros, I want to say, because um, their symbol is like a little uh, little black hat. Um and I think their colors are blue, and blue, black, and yellow. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below. Santa Clara, Texas A&M, Houston. What do you guys think? Also, make sure to check us out on Patreon. Patreon.com backslash Mosevelt Podcast. That's how you help support us. Make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Every five-star review means the world to us, and it helps us get into the ears of more people want to thank Sean for joining me this week. Um, hopefully Dave's back next week. He doesn't oh, why?
0: Because have... I was horrible?
1: No, I'm thanking you for being here. Yeah, but you just I, you I just, just said hopefully Dave's back. I mean, I, don't you? Why? Really... why do you hope Dave's back? Because Am I, I love... not good enough for you, Ricky? <laughs> I love doing podcasts with both of yeah, you together. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, great. Thank Sean for being oh, here. It's a great you. podcast. Dave, he's uh, hopefully not helping the in laws next week with uh, installing Windows and is here for the podcast. We miss you, Dave. It's just a ploy. He's installing <laughs> Windows. And as always, have a good day, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.